Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 747. Hey, you, you know, sucking at something is the first step to becoming kind of okay at something. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Ted Gushu. Ted, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely, sir. All right. Good to have you here. Ted Gushu is the editorial director at Petrolicious, where he and his talented team create beautiful and original videos and articles for classic cars enthusiasts like you and me. They celebrate the inventions, the personalities, and the aesthetics that ignite our collective lust for great machines. At Petrolicious, you're invited to take a ride, entertain your passion, as they say, drive tastefully. Before Petrolicious, Ted was a reporter for the New York Observer. He launched a publication for a hotel chain and started the website Super Compressor. The founder of Petrolicious, Afshin Benia, has been another guest here on the show, along with several of the featured video guests there on Petrolicious. It's one of my favorite sites. I love getting their videos every week. It's so exciting, and I'm really glad to have you here, Ted. I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your obvious passion for automobiles? Sure. I uh, see. I was raised in a car family, always. Came home from the hospital in the 1982 911 SC. Ooh, cool. Grew up with a, with a painting of a car that my dad regretfully sold, uh, which was his uh, DB6 Aston Martin. Uh, that, that was above my bed uh, every day. Uh, there's a poster in my bathroom that is the 1987 Monaco Grand Prix that my parents went to just before I was born. So it's, it's always just kind of been foisted upon me, if you will. Uh, and I, I think like any child that when you surround them by so much positive energy for uh, an a community like that, you just sort of naturally start being interested in it. Uh, we started going to the races at Lime Rock basically the second I was born. Um, my god, my brother's godfather is a, an SCCA racer named Mickey Graham who races his RSK up there. And uh, we, it was always just something that was a, a, a casual passion, never an active passion. And after working in media for a while, I, I got to know um, I, I got to know what a passive audience looks like, and I got to know what an active audience looks like. And to have the chance to go work for a company like Petrolicious uh, was, was just one of the most incredible opportunities for somebody who's interested in media and also uh, interested in cars. So it, it really just took what was a uh, you know a, a very a background interest in in cars and allowed me to push it foreground and completely focus on it while also uh, learning how to serve a community that is by far and away one of the most delightful groups of people you could ever hope to run into that, that that runs the gamut from kings and queens down to lowly wrenchmen. It goes every which way. You, you can never find somebody who's interested in cars who's isn't, who isn't interesting to talk to, I find. Uh, and that's that's what uh, so much of what we do at Pet- Petrolicious is predicated on, is just finding those people and, uh, and telling those stories. So it's a little bit about how I got to where I am today, but uh, I'll, I'll let you get further into that. Absolutely. Well, yes. 
Cars are the great equalizer of all socio and economic platforms, that's for sure, from all the gamuts. And I run into that here at Cars, yeah, from a guy just starting his business to uh, multi-billionaires who run huge international companies. It, it really is an equalizer when we all come together as car fans. We're all just good buddies, that's for sure. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is something that has some great meaning to you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Ted, take the wheel. This is actually from a cartoon I, I think I randomly saw on the website Reddit recently. And uh, it was like a motivational cartoon, and it really kind of resonated with me. And the cartoon was a, you know, a, a little mouse or something that just said, Hey, you, you know, sucking at something is the first step to becoming kind of okay at something. <laughs> and I take that to almost every inch of my life. The, the photography is a huge passion of mine, and I'm able to – you have access to some of the greatest cars in the world to photograph through my work. And looking back on where I was 16 months ago when I started uh, shooting cars for the first time, and after the first time having picked up a camera since college, about six, seven years prior, it's amazing to see how much I sucked in the beginning, but how I just kind of kept going and, and how I just sort of kept plugging away and sucking and sucking and sucking and sucking a little bit less and sucking a little bit less than that. And then Eventually, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of okay at this. And I could tra trace that pattern with everything else that I've, I've become passionate about and, and enjoy doing in my life. I definitely sucked at it at first. And that's okay. And so so many people get this, you know, I, I talk to young guys who are getting into uh, photography or getting into car photography or, you know, look at Petrolicious films uh, and want to make films and, and say – Man, how do you get there? And and they they discount the fact that at one point we we sucked at it. You know, like <laughs> you look at our first Petrolicious films, they're they're nowhere near as high quality as our as our Petrolicious films today. I, I imagine you'd feel the same about your first podcast. Mark. Oh yes, absolutely. I cringe when I go back and listen to the the first hundred or first two hundred, even three hundred. It's a learning process. Yeah, and and sucking at it is is the most fun because there's no one judging you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except yourself, which. Sometimes we can be our own worst judges. Exactly. So uh, if there's anyone out there looking to get into what we do or you know, automotive photography or videography or filmmaking or anything like that, like totally relish in the moments when you get to suck at it. Those are the best moments because you're, you're, you're learning so quickly and, and it becomes exponential, obviously, as, as you progress. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big thing I've, I've, I've found that uh, helps me approach new challenges, I'd say. Absolutely. You know, that's one of the best quotes I think I've heard here, but it, it resonates with me because so many people that have been on the show talk about being successful, but it only, you know, an overnight success, but it took 20 years of overnights to get there. And I'll tell you, way, way, way back when I was in Southern California, I was coming out of the ocean one morning after an early morning Don Patrol surf session, and this guy came running down the beach. He had this giant head, and he was this big, tall guy. And I went, I think I recognized him, and it was Tony Robbins. We all know him as the great motivator, right? And he was he had just started his business. He had just started making these tapes and trying to put himself out there and so forth. And he actually became a client of mine. I, I was a creative director at an ad agency and we started doing work for him. And I went through his three-day firewalk thing up at his castle and all this stuff. But you know what? He said the same thing. He said when he first started doing what he's doing and now he's an icon, multi, multi-million. I mean, the guy feeds 20 million people a year with through his philanthropy, but he had to start somewhere. He had to get on that stage the first time and present himself in front of people. And he said, I was horrible. I sucked. <laughs> you know. So uh, it's a great quote. It's a great quote. So a great inspiration there, Ted, for our listeners. Get out there and just start doing it. Just start doing it. I met, I met Tony once. 
I shook his hand. It was one of the biggest hands I've ever shaken. He's a giant guy. Yeah. He's a giant guy. I'm not a big guy. And Tony, the only good thing here is he could never fit in any of the race cars I've ever driven because he's way too big. So you've already beaten him on the track. Oh, well, <laughs> that's saying a lot when you talk about a guy like that, for sure. Great motivational guy, though. Absolutely. Would you uh, share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Go back in time and tell us about that pivotal moment when you knew you're a car guy. I know you drove home from the hospital in an SC and you laid in your crib and looked at that great painting that your dad did. But is there a moment when you realize, you know what, I'm on the same track as the rest of my family? I, I think it was probably the... So the, the car I drive every day is a 1976 911S that we recently swapped to a 3.2 from an 88 Carrera. Ooh, cool. I remember being 15 and a half, 16, I, I, either I, I just before I got my license or I, I just got my license. And uh, this is back when the car had a 2.7 and, and it was basically on its last legs. Those magne- magnesium body engines are no- notoriously leaky. and Yeah. The, the car needed a lot of TLC at that point. It had been, already been in the family for 15 years. And uh, I... I got behind the wheel while my dad was out. And I, growing up, I'd always thought that car was a supercar. You know, today it could probably get smoked by most Civics. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, it always represented something that was uh, something like an automotive ideal that, that all cars should strive to for, for whatever reason, because that's probably one of the only cars I, I'd see every day that was uh, kind of exceptional. And I took it onto um, the Route 7 connector uh, to the Merritt Parkway in Connecticut. And, uh, I tried to like spank it down the highway, you know, just really banging the gears. I hadn't, I just learned how to drive stick recently. Uh-huh. And, uh, I completely stripped like two gears. Ouch. Like I, I, I was the third and fourth were pretty much gone by the time I got the car back to the house. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I had no business driving that car. I didn't realize my dad had been essentially babying it before he could uh, put together the, uh, the restoration plan. And it was like a really traumatic experience, but it was like a traumatic bonding experience, I think. And I, I was just forever married to that car. And, and it's, it's a, it's a car that has a not necessarily unique scent, uh, inside it. It's, it smells like most period Porsches from that time, but it's got this scent that I'll, I'll always, I'm lucky my dad's still with us, obviously, but the, uh, it's, it's just, I, I live far away from them now. So it's a smell that reminds me of my father and my, uh. and my, Oh, nice. Every time I get in it, and it's a yeah. really, it's a really visceral feeling. And it's you know with the three two, and it, it definitely moves. It's 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 a fun car to drive. Uh, we're redoing all the suspension next week with Marlon Goldberg over at five thousand one, and we're doing full KWs and all new brakes. The car is getting a full redone too. And then the next step is an engine out, and, uh, and then we'll do that. But the car is great fun to drive. But so much more than that, it is this. Uh, this link to my past and my childhood that I get to experience every day. You know, it's, it's not a car. We, we, we're not a terribly wealthy family. We, we, uh, we paid $5,000 from the, for the car from a guy named Myron Schuster in Bedford, New York. Uh, mm-hmm. He's still an active collector and uh, essentially car has just never left our family, um, you know, for more than an afternoon. That's so nice to still have that and have those memories. My first 911 was a 74 S. And I saved and saved and saved for that car. I was young. We had a new little baby in the house. I really had no right to be buying a car that cost that much, but I wanted a 911 so bad. But I had great fun with that car, living in San Diego, driving up and down the coast in that thing. It was super fun. Sold it to a college roommate of mine uh, who had it for a long time as well. But, uh, yeah, those uh, magnesium case engines had a lot of issues, (laughs) that's for sure. It's also interesting now, yeah, we paid like $5,000 for it at 91 
and maybe over the lifetime of the car we've put in 25 30 to our family it's 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 a it's a labor of love and it's it's a it's a great car that'll never leave the family but so with Porsche prices getting to where they are now it's becoming a status symbol which which is which is interesting to me just to kind of see this thing that's been this cool car that we've always had in the family you know didn't really have too much extrinsic value uh, other than what it meant to us and to see people you know, say like, oh wow, that's that car is like fifty, sixty grand now, and uh, it's it's interesting to watch people's reactions change, especially you know as, as things like lifts get cooled, take off, and as the, the, the air air cooled community gains more and more public notoriety, uh, just watch watching the perception of that car go from iconic Porsche design, relatively you know they made how many th- hundreds of thousands of them to a rare collectible. It's it's interesting. Fun cars for sure. Well, Ted, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and have you share a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way. We talked about uh, starting off and sucking at something, and that's the first step. So we all reach these points in times where something doesn't quite work. So take us to one of those, walk us through it. But of course, the more important part of this is what did it teach you so that you could, in essence, fall forward or learn more and be less sucky? I'd argue that the biggest challenge in my life has been to completely walk away from everyone I know and love and my entire support network of friends and family in uh, New York City and the greater New York area and uh, take a complete risk on someone that I'd never met before or, or I'd, I'd met maybe once or twice and a community I'd never actively sought to be a part of, let alone a voice of or, or a, a lens of and move out to California to work on Petrolicious. It was... Uh, yeah, it, it was a, a really shocking. It wasn't a fish out of water scenario because I, I had a strong media background and, a, and I, I knew that there was something that we could grow there. But it was, uh, yeah, it was it was a really it was a big risk I took. I, I think in hindsight because I, I really just didn't know anything, and, and I, I looked at it more of like a like as a wild west adventure. I think, and then to come out and to start meeting the people in that community and to be able to. Um, Enjoy the goodwill that Petrolicious had already established in that community and, and adopt that and help grow that and help uh, be part of that. That was incredible to me to see that by taking a, a blind faith jump uh, to do something like this, that I could be so immediately rewarded with friendship and camaraderie and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's nothing, none of that I could have predicted. I, I, I had no idea. Uh, everyone who I count as a close friend now in, in this community out here, I'd never met them before. Uh, I think I, I, by the, you know, I loosely heard of Magnus Walker when I was in New York. We had, we had shared some of Petrolicious films on, on, Pet, on my old website. But largely, we were just enthusiasts uh, that right. didn't really – they weren't part of the community. So by taking that completely blind jump and, and that, that completely you – know, I, I had no idea what, I was, what, what was going to happen. Um, I was immediately rewarded because the community is so, is, is so incredible out here. So if I, if I could offer any advice in that is that you, you truly never really know uh, with these kind of things. Um, and – not not to use the cliche that fortune favors the bold, but the some, sometimes taking a leap like that forces you to make those connections when you land because you have no choice. Right. So if you stay in your comfort zone, if you stay where you know everyone, if you you know you stay where you, the bartender knows your name and all that stuff, <laughs> you'll never find the next bar where the bartender knows your name. So if there's any any lesson I could pull out of that is that. A couple times in your life, I think it's important to take those risks and, and see where you land because you'll 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 be forced to create 
a new home and a new network. And, and, and all of a sudden you'll have two. And I can go back to New York whenever I like and see my friends and family there. Right. And I now have friends and family here. So it's uh, – it's a really great way to look at it. Well, it's a great thing that you did, and uh, it's a great lesson for those people out there that might be facing something similar. It's a very difficult thing to do, but uh, you got to do it in life because the cliche, life is short, absolutely. Uh, take those bold steps and uh, dare to fail, if you will. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when those headlights kind of illuminate a way down a new path. So tell us one of those that have happened to you. Uh, when I picked up a camera again. It just, uh, I have a degree in photography that I, I picked up in college that I just completely never touched the second I graduated. And I, I really loved it in college, but I, by the time I I picked up my, my first camera out here, my first second camera, I guess I would say, <laughs> uh, my first second camera out, out in California, I knew basically nothing. Um, uh, I knew roughly what F-stops were. I knew roughly what how ISO worked, but it was largely like starting fresh. And, uh, and I don't think that I could have, legitimately said that I was uh, as much a part of the community um, out here as I am now if, if I hadn't taken the time to relearn how to take photographs and share what I see every day. It's one thing to, to write about the car community. It's one thing to interview people, you know, like people that have been on your show. But to be able to visually share that experience was something that Petrolicious was so known for uh, through through its videos and through its photography around the world that it uh, it really helped me learn how to, to speak to everyone, not just using words, uh, but by using photography. And it, it allowed me to understand automotive design. It allowed me to connect with automotive designers and understand angles and understand the way that light worked on cars and understand the way that, you know, when something is designed in a uh, fluorescent room, it looks very different when it's taken out onto the lawn. Those are things that they're tough to understand conversationally. You know, they're, they're tough to, to appreciate. And as you study cars through light and through photography, you start to appreciate them in a very, very uh, intimate way. And, and I could say that for everyone who's ever taken a photo um, for us and everyone who's ever worked on a film with us, they've discovered that as well, is that you can really understand the soul of a car and, and ultimately the soul of the community out here um, and around the world through, through photography. Yeah, I've had dozens and dozens of photographers as guests here on the show. And watching the videos that you guys produce that you uh, send out every week, I can tell that the concept of light, which is what photography is all about, is definitely well explored in your videos when you guys shoot what you shoot. And the still photography that I see in your site, uh, Richard Schickman, who introduced us together, uh, the cars that you guys shot of his on your, your uh, site and the article about him. You can just tell, having come from an art background and art director's background, as I have, that you guys understand 100% and more what you're doing. Now, let's talk a little bit about Proudest Career Moment. You've introduced so many cool people. You've got some, every week, you've got something to be proud of when you guys produce these things. But is there one Proudest Career Moment that stands out for you? I've been very fortunate that through Petrolicious and our work there, I've had the ability to get to know people that I grew up hearing their names spoken as if they were gods or legends uh and you know for instance um I- i've watched every single victory by design uh Londa Cadenay. i love those shows yeah and so growing up uh, you know every saturday and sunday my dad and i would just be glued to the speed vision channel and and that was that was our life <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep you name it, we were watching it and uh thankfully dvr came out so we could kind of space it out throughout the week <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah growing up 
those programs to me were so cool. And I didn't really understand who Alan even was other than this guy who got to go drive all these cars. And recently I've, I've, I've had the big fortune of getting to know him a bit. Uh, we, we sat dinner the other night at, at the Goodwood members meeting and uh, he was introduced me through um, Justin Bell, um, Derek Bell's son. He's so full of incredible insight in, into not only just cars and racing, you know, obviously he's one of the few people who's ever, um, built his own Le Mans prototype car and, and raced it at Le Mans and I think, and, and did quite well with it. Um, so he, he's an incredible guy in that respect, but he's, he's also, uh, he's got so much insight in, into just how, how to live your life on and off the track that it's been just a pleasure to get to know him. And I, I don't even know if this is an answer to your question, but getting to know people like Alan and getting to know people like Derek Bell and getting to know people just like, like Patrick Long, like, Howie Idelson, the guys behind Lufkicolt, getting to know Magnus, um, just get, getting to know all, all these people that are, in, in some ways, uh, they appear a little bit um, untouchable from social media perspective or from uh, media perspective because they, they're always around the world. But getting to spend a bit of time with them and understand their philosophy on life and, and how they've lived and how they uh, continue to live in, in great style and fashion, that's been the greatest gift that, that's ever been given to me, I think. I understand 100%. I've had uh, 747 of those now here on Cars. Yeah, you included the honor to get to talk to so many wonderful people in this industry. And now I kind of think I know how you're going to answer this next question, but I always ask my guests for the first really special car in their life. Is it that 911? Yeah, for sure. That said, there have been a number of other uh, really special cars that uh, I've had the pleasure of getting to know through family members or through. Uh, Friends of my of my parents, and uh, definitely my my brother's godfather's RSK. Ooh. Uh, we, <laughs> yeah, we got to watch race uh, frequently at Lime Rock. He's he still runs it with the original castor oil. Yeah, he he's a uh, he's a character, and uh, he also had the, that Lotus Eleven, which uh, I'll send you a photograph of. Cars that were so sculptural, and and you could so immediately understand them as a child. They were so simple. It, it's not like looking at a drift car today that's all stanced and got crazy wings on and all sorts of stuff. It's just a a very pure, almost you know, aerodynamic jelly bean that you could you could really wrap your head around. Um, yeah, and it was it smelled it smelled so good. It smelled like race fuel. It smelled like oil. It, it just it just reeked of some sort of performance. And uh, yeah, you, you, you never forget those smells. And when you and when they kind of waft back in front of your nose, you're immediately brought back to that. Yes. Funny how smell can do that, isn't it? It's, it's like getting in an old VW. They all smell the same or an old British car. They all smell the same. So they're definitely that way. How about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back? Uh, well, it's funny, actually. So my first car that I, I, I was that was mine was my grandfather's 1998 Jeep Grand Cherokee uh, Limited V8. Uh-huh. I love that car. It was a tank. You couldn't kill it. I remember I had it in college, and I was driving back and forth from Rhode Island to um, New York frequently. And uh, it kept making this noise that, that, that I thought was the, the CV joint, um, a very common uh, issue on those cars. And it just sounded like a you know, metal slapping metal kind of thing. And I was like, oh, you can drive without the CV joints. It's not the end of the world. You, you, you might not have perfect four-wheel, but it's drivable. Right. So I, I probably put like 5,000 miles on it with that noise. And just being a broke college kid, couldn't fix it. Sure. I finally get you know let's get some money together and we take it in. The guy's like, your CV joint's fine. You, you've been running the car without oil for oh my god, <laughs> oh my gosh, sound of pistons spanking the <laughs> the valves. Yeah, oh my gosh. And 
he's like, yeah, we put, you know, 12 quarts in. It's running fine. <laughs> Holy cow. That's an incredible it, testament to that motor. It was a beast of a car. You couldn't kill it. And then <laughs> uh, being the typical, like, kid i was i I put like subwoofers in it i I, I was it had a great sound system i I would listen to like radiohead in like concert quality it was it was awesome and then one day in college the um there was a string of arsonists going around uh like like high school kids in 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 the college town i was in and unfortunately my my car was one of the random things they picked to burn oh no so the car burned down it was a total write-off and then i I uh, actually ended up riding a Vespa for the next the last two years of college. <laughs> That's a switch. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit nippy in winter. And uh, I was going to say, you said you were you going to school in Rhode Island. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, so how, much- do, how do you ride a Vespa? My son went to school in Rhode Island. How do you ride a Vespa in the winter in Rhode Island? Yeah, you, for very short distances. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy I cow! Lived, I lived about a mile from campus, so it, you, you could. You know, about yeah. five or six minutes with gloves on, you, you could get there. Well, I know that there's a lot of things you guys are working on there at Petrolicious. Probably things you can't talk about until they come out. But what has you excited and fired up today? We get to work with all of the major brands in the world. Obviously, OEMs advertise and, and do uh, great campaigns with magazines and publications uh, the world over. But we get to work with them on the really fun stuff. You know, like like we, we've worked on them uh, with Sterling Moss and, and 722. We've had Derek Hill in the, in, in the 250 GTO doing the hill climb. To be able to work with brands like that, you know, that have that history and not just have to be shilling for their latest product or like just haw- hawking some, some new, you know, hybrid they're trying to put out there, that we get to go celebrate their heritage is something that we are, you know, really, really passionate about and, and are able to, um, really inspire in what in, in, I'm sure in, in your experience is it's usually a pretty stale advertising conversation. You reach that point where you're like, oh, great, another ad. And we have the exact opposite conversation with companies like that. Uh, we, we go to them and we say, how can we celebrate your heritage? Um, how, how can we take what makes your what has given your company life today, how can we celebrate that? Mm-hmm. And uh, to be able to do that, like we did with Porsche on the, with, with Derek Bell and, and the target Florio track with the 718 that, you know, moments like that to be able to do that today is, is so there's so few and far between. And I consider us very lucky to, to not just have been able to do that, but to have a stacked slate of great films that we're working on that celebrate the history of these marks and not just that, but great films on the characters behind so many of these moments. Um, so we have something like 60 films coming up in the can that we're really excited about. Uh, we're also uh, getting very close to releasing um, a long-form documentary model. Uh, so you, you'll see us exploring car culture around the world Um not just in the typical Petrolicious 10-minute format, but we're looking at uh, really in-depth, um, you know, full-length documentary formats that will have a, uh, a small pay structure uh, around to help us finance them. But largely, these are we're trying to create an ad-free environment for you to really enjoy special stuff like that. So keep an eye on us for the next few months. Uh, we have a lot, a lot of great interviews coming out on the editorial side, on the film side, just an endless slate of, of, of incredibly cool stories that we're telling there. And, uh, yeah, continued live event coverage on our, our Petrolicious Instagram and our Facebook and stuff like that. So you'll, you'll see us back at all the Goodwoods this year. You'll see us at, uh, hopefully the spa, cl- um, the spa, um, to call the spa classic, mm-hmm. uh, Le Mans historic. We're, we're aiming to be at every major event this year. Wow. Um, 
So you, wow. you'll see you'll you'll see our lens kind of applied to each of these in real time, like you might have seen uh, with good with last week or two weekends ago. Yep. So there's uh, just just so much more of that coming. Awesome. Cannot wait. Fantastic what you guys are doing. It's so exciting. At least for those of us that are stuck home, we kind of can go there vicariously to you guys. So we really, really appreciate that. Interesting you say that just because I think about that a lot. And we, we were very fortunate that we get to go to these things. And that's not lost on us. You know, the, the ability to go to Goodwood is, is a real honor. And just to be able to see that and share in it is we feel very lucky. So to be able to share that with the community, you know, like I have friends in Bangkok that were commenting on our photos that were just so so pleased they got to see it. And, right. yeah. uh, and to be able to share that stuff that most people wouldn't even hope to get to uh, in their lifetime is something that we look at as, as a real responsibility and yeah. uh, a real honor to be able to do. Well, we're living in a magical time right now, really a new renaissance with all this uh, social media and the way that we connect with people that uh, has never been been possible before. So uh, we appreciate you taking us there, us fanatics that, again, have to get <laughs> – that we're stuck back home and, and can't make it. So one day I'll I'll be there with you and we can walk through the, uh, the aisles of cars together. Here's a very – introspective question for you ted if ted was a car what kind of car would ted be and why i sound like a broken record man <laughs> the same it's the it's the porsche i drive every day yeah i understand is a bit of like uh dogs looking like their owners you know like it like you you sort of the more time you spend with something the more you become one with it right and, and i don't necessarily know that from a stylistic perspective that i'm a 911 but just the uh the way that car and I have kind of become one, it's it's a really, really, really special you know thing to me. So I, I naturally would have to say that. Uh, I, I'd be curious to know some other answers on that question, but uh, yeah, it's it's just a uh, it's it's a car that's that's become an avatar for me, and I've become an avatar for the car. I'd say. Well, it's an interesting question that the artist uh, Harold Cleworth suggested that I ask guests. He's a gentleman who came over here from Great Britain, and he's the one that urged me to start asking that question. And his answer was was one of the most unique ones for sure. He was the front end of an Austin Healey in the back, a Cadillac via Ritz. And I went, okay, that's an odd combination. He goes, well, I'm a Brit, but I came to the U.S. to make my fortune as a painter. And the first painting I did that sold a lot was a Cadillac Biarritz tail fin. So there you go. But I've gotten a lot of very cool answers on that one. I thought he would have said uh, because I've spent a lot of time in the garage. <laughs> well, no, he's not spent. He spends all his time behind an easel, but uh, he's a very, a very well-known artist for sure. Well, Ted, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. 
But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at com. Okay, Ted, we're back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Find a good mechanic and, and just keep him on speed dial. Yes. <laughs> very, very important for sure. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Sharing the enthusiasm, be, be, being excited, being, you know, when you, when you, when you shake someone's hand, be pumped to meet them. You know, when you go to a race, be lucky to be there. When, when you're at a cars and coffee, smile and, and be so lucky that you get to do what you do, what you're doing in that moment. Cause so many people don't. Absolutely. Now, do you have a resource other than Petrolicious, of course, because that's an awesome, awesome resource. But is there another resource maybe you could share with us that our listeners would enjoy? I think resource is a broad question because sometimes you, you need uh, flatbed advice. So I'd call my, my friends at Haggerty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you want, you want to learn about classic driving watches. So you go to Hodinky.com. It's, it's a tough question, but... Uh, to pick just one resource. but Well, those are two good ones. And I've had plenty of folks from Haggerty here on the show. Um, McKeel, of course, I've known for years and had many people from uh, Haggerty. Just ran into one the other night. I was asked to speak at the uh, National Automotive Museum organization and uh, ran into two new Haggerty people that will be future guests on the show. So yeah, that's a great resource. Now, here's a good question. If you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? Like I said, I had drinks and dinner with Alan DeCadena the other day, and it was just awesome you know yeah. he's, he's one of those people that's just so delightful to be around and uh i i put derek bell up there with him as well uh, two people that I, I i never hoped to meet in my life that i've now had the pleasure of getting to know a bit that i'm just every every time i have a conversation with them i come away feeling like i know not just more about the automotive world or, or automotive history but more, more about how, how to live life i think that stuff's really special well, Derek's going to be a future guest here on Cars, yeah, so I can't wait to get to talk to him. And when I finally get to Alan, we'll get him on the show here as well. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that maybe you've read recently you think our listeners would enjoy? Uh, well, so every single book that you'll see on the Petrolicious store, and that's a shameless plug there, um, has been read, kind of gone through, annotated, checked out, enjoyed, loved, put on the coffee table, put coffee cups on the on the book. Uh, <laughs> it, it, they've lived with us, so they're all top-notch. But the book I've really enjoyed lately, um, the I, I don't know if you know the guys at Unique and Limited. Have you heard of them? They, oh, they, they, yes. Yes, absolutely. They've been on this show. 
they do some of the most incredible uh, automotive art, and they put out a really special book that I'm I'm proud to own and, and proud to you know have in our store. It's the one uh, what when sex was safe. They really tap into our collective memory for what that moment must have felt like. So it's it's not reality necessarily. They, they may be evocative of, of re, real moments, but they truly capture that feeling that that we all have of what it must have been like to watch a GTO at, at full chat. Their art, uh, Jan Rambusik, I believe is his name, uh, what they create is absolutely beyond my imagination because I come from a graphics background, and when I learned about how they put their imagery together, I was blown away at the work that went into that. It's absolutely spectacular. So I'm glad you recommended them and their book. Our listeners go back and listen to the, the two wonderful artists that come from that company. I'll list that on Ted's show notes page, and you can find links to all these great resources, listeners, at the Cars yeah! website. Ted will have his own page there where you can find links. And if you don't already know about Petrolicious, sign up, get their videos. It's it's just absolutely spectacular. You're going to love it. It's a great way to spend a few minutes in the morning with a cup of coffee and just imagining what it would be like to have that car in your garage. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Ted, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any car in the world, but only one, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You got to keep it. You got to drive it. You got to enjoy it. Those are the rules here at Cars, yeah? What would that car be and why? There was some way that you could buy me a 78 two-door Range Rover that was rust-proof and breakdown-proof. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to have that car back in, back in our family. We had a gray market import Vogue with velour seats that had a, a boat stereo that was bolted onto it, and it had a like a Cheech and Chong-style horn. <laughs> More accurately, it was the same horn from Caddyshack that Rodney Dangerfield had in his Rolls Royce. <laughs> and it was just such a beast. Uh, I, I remember we uh, we replaced the gas tank, and the one we put in was already rusting. It, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. Those old those old Range Rovers came already rusted. I think it was incredible. But the there's I have so much love for that car, and and so and I, and I miss it. And uh, I, I know my father misses it. And I, we we always had Range Rovers, and no longer at the moment we we have uh, an old BMW X5 that we that we like. Um, but the there's something about those cars. If money was no object and there was some sort of magical spell you could put on it, we'd love to have one of those back. Well, geez, you made it somewhat easy, but maybe not with all those ramifications you've applied. But that's a very unique answer to this question when I'm used to hearing things like uh, a Singer Porsche or a Ferrari GTO or a Mira or whatever, you know. But uh, I, I'll get to work on that. What color would you like that rover to be? Uh, well, we just did one that was in uh, kind of a camel trophy that was done uh, with a really, really lovely guy in uh, Worcestershire in England. I'd, I'd love to own his truck. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> I'll uh, give him a call. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's a really great guy. If you haven't watched our latest, uh, or was it two weeks ago, I believe, really terrific film uh, that, that just sort of captures why those cars are so special and, uh, and almost illogically so. Uh, nice yeah. job, by the way. Nice job. Well. Ted, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I want to thank you for uh, spending your Sunday morning with me here. I know uh, you're a very busy guy. You're always on the road, so I'm glad I got to capture a few moments while you're home here today. I really appreciate that, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you drive off down that dusty road in that 78 two-door Range Rover that never breaks down, never rusts, and is always perfect? I think I'm contractually obligated to say drive tastefully. Uh, yeah, you probably are. Absolutely. Of course, for those listeners, again, that's the Petrolicious uh, mantra or slogan, if you will. But uh, yeah, go to Petrolicious. 
listen and see what these guys are doing. You'll be enthralled. It's so magical. It's so wonderful. And uh, I tell you, us enthusiasts really appreciate what you guys are doing there. I know it's a lot of hard work for sure. Listeners, again, you can find links to everything Ted has shared on his show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Ted in the search bar and his page will pop right up. Hey, Ted, thanks again for taking some time out today with me and sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Cheers, Mark. Thank you very much. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!